0: Alright, I don't know if everybody got a candle. We're going to be having our candlelight song at the end. Anybody need a candle? Alright, Allie, why don't you go get the candles and pass them out to anybody who needs them. I'll get started. I forgot to mention that earlier. But Matthew chapter 1 is where we just did our scripture reading. And I want you to notice verse 22. It says, Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying... Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And I want to point I want you to notice that phrase where it says that it might be fulfilled. This chapter that we just read, chapter one, notice how it starts out. It's the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. Now, why would the New Testament, the very first thing that it does is give us a a genealogy, well, there's a very good reason that it did because the whole theme of the book of Matthew is it's showing how Jesus fulfilled the things from the Old Testament. And that phrase, that it might be fulfilled, it is such a key phrase. And in reality, it's one that should give us a feeling, every, a good feeling every time we see it. There's a, there's a message that we can get from that. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of John, that just what Jesus did in the days after his resurrection and before his ascension, that the world could not contain all the books that should be written about those events. And so we know a lot of stuff happened during Jesus' time on this earth. We only know very little about his childhood. we, We know very little. But the thing is, the things that we do know are there for a reason, and the things that are there are there so we will have faith, so we will believe on him so we can be saved. Those are the things that we need. And any extra stories that you want to hear about from people claiming they found these other books, just understand those aren't the stories that matter. If there's new things that we need to know about, I'll wait and let Jesus tell me about them. In the meantime, we've got the scriptures. We have the word of God that tells us what we need to know in order to have faith. And if you need additional information, just understand it's because you don't have faith. And you're not going to be able to get saved even if you get that additional information that you're wanting. Right here is what God gave us so we will believe. But then, ladies and gentlemen, if you believe, there's a promise that comes with that and it's salvation. It's redemption. It's heaven. And so I want to, I want to point out some things because this phrase that it might be fulfilled, this is it's, it's a reminder because Christ's first coming... It was for the same purpose as his second coming, and it's to fulfill the scripture. All things of the scripture must be fulfilled. And so something I want to I want you to think about for a minute. Okay, and this is something I've thought about before, and I I guess I've never really had a strong opinion. I think I have a little stronger of an opinion now, but I'm still not hundred percent sure about this. But the prophetic scriptures in the old testament, you know, are those there? Are are those scriptures just accurately predicting what God knew was going to happen? Or are those scriptures instructions for what needs to happen? And you know, either way you look at it, you, know, you can find comfort. But I do believe that the latter is actually true. I think what we're seeing in those prophetic scriptures is God laying out what must be done. And I understand that God knew what was going to be done. I, I get that. But the very specific things that were prophesied, him being born of a virgin, him uh, drinking the vinegar at the crucifixion, were those did God write those things down because that's how God knew it was going to play out? Or did God write those things down because those were the things that had to take place in order to bring righteousness to the world? And I believe they were more instructions. I believe those were the things that were necessary. I believe the way that things played out were the way that they had to play out. And they couldn't have played out any other way. And, and now I'm not going to pretend I understand all the details of that because I would probably, I'd have to be God to understand all that. But I'm going to show you some scriptures too to show that I do believe he's, get, he's it's more instruction. And when you understand that, again, there's a, there's a great truth that we can take from this that hopefully will give you, that will give you comfort. And so to kind of just start this out, I'm not planning on preaching long tonight, but I do want to, sh- I want us to look at these fr- that phrase that it might be fulfilled just in the book of Matthew. We've got several verses. Look at Matthew chapter two and verse 14. And it says, when he, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying out of Egypt, have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and went forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time he had diligently inquired of the wise men, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy, the prophet saying in Ramah, was there a voice heard lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. So again, we just see that phrase, these things happen, so it will be fulfilled. And again, if you wonder, why did the gospel writers pick the stories that they did to write, you know, to put in the scriptures? Because the ones that were really important were the ones that were fulfillment of scripture. Those were the important ones because, folks, scripture is everything. Fulfilling the scripture is everything. Fulfilling the scripture was Jesus' mission. And I guarantee it, Jesus lived over 30 years on this earth. There's a lot of stuff that happened that we don't, that we don't know about. He might have done other miracles that we don't know about. A lot of things could have happened, but the things that were important, the things that the gospel writers wrote about, the things that the Holy Spirit instructed them to write about, were the things that were fulfillment of the scripture, because those were the things that mattered. We see in chapter, or chapter 2 verse 22, says, but when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. And then Matthew four twelve. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum which is on the sea coast and the borders of Zebulun and Naphtalem, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtalem, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region in the shadow of death, light is sprung up. So again, that it might be fulfilled. And folks, the chances of these things happening by chance are literally impossible. An interesting conversation that we had, it was, there was an interview we did when I was over in Israel with this, uh, with a Jewish scholar, a Jewish professor, who is one of these people, he's like an intellectual. He doesn't have an opinion. He just tells you the facts. And he's read all of these uh, ancient Jewish writings on things. And this is what he said. This was very interesting. What, what this man said, what his specialty is, it's in uh, Jewish magic. And he's read all the things about ancient Jewish magic. Not that he believes in it. He just knows all about it. Again, he's like he's like an intellectual. And he's a very interesting fellow. But this is what he said. Based on all the writings that they can find about Jesus during that time, he said there is no dispute about whether or not he performed miracles. There is no dispute about whether or not he raised the dead. When you look at, I mean, nobody nobody questioned that. Everyone saw these miracles that he did. Everyone saw that he raised people from the dead. And nobody even tried to claim, even back then, that he didn't do these things. What they did, though, is they tried to accuse him of doing it through witchcraft, through using magic, by casting out demons by Baal's above. And we see those things mentioned in the Bible. I mean, everything this guy was saying was actually lining up with what the Bible said that the Jews said about Him. But without a doubt, Jesus did all these things. Folks, there is no question about whether or not the miracles were done. There is no question about whether or not Jesus historically did come to earth and do the things that the Bible says that He did. Every standard that we have to determine whether something is a historical fact, I mean, history more than proves the fact that there was a man on earth named Jesus and then he did some amazing miracles. He was put to death by the Romans. And then he even rose again. He was seen of over five hundred people at one time. And the witnesses abound. Folks, to to deny the scriptures is more than just denying scriptures. You're denying history. You're denying facts across the board without a doubt. Because and God did He left plenty of proof. And people who say, I, I want to see more, they're they're no different. Than the Jews that were there in Jesus' day, who kept demanding signs and just wanting him to do miracles on demand, as they saw fit and as they asked, instead of as Jesus Christ saw fit. And that, uh, and folks, again, what it comes down to faith. You have to have faith in order to be saved. Matthew 8:15. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. And when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And notice how it says, he did these things that it might be fulfilled. So it, what it looks like is Jesus is literally on a mission to go and fulfill the things that were in the Scriptures. The things that were written about him. It says in Matthew twelve fifteen. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence and a great multitude followed him and he had healed them all and charged them that they should not make him known that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved and whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he shall show judgment unto the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, a smoking flax shall he not quench till he send forth victory into judgment. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. And, and, and there's more. We're not going to take time to go through all of these. We see that phrase used again in Matthew 13 and verse 14. In verse 34 and 35. In Matthew 21, it says the same thing. And it keeps saying that it might be fulfilled. He's doing these things that it might be fulfilled. Matthew 27 and verse 9 and verse 35. The same thing that it might be fulfilled. And, and it is true that the Gospel of Matthew is one that was written and it was kind of geared towards Jewish people trying to show them Jesus Christ is the one that we've been looking for. Jesus Christ is full, the fulfillment of the Scriptures because many people thought following Christ, going into this new covenant, leaving the things of the temple, you know, the things that changed. A lot of people were thinking, no, we're going against the Bible. People were saying you're going against the Bible and the writers, the apostles, were always trying to prove to them, no, you are in fact being obedient to the Scriptures. Jesus was the fulfillment. This is what was spoken. We might not have had our, our thinking right exactly on it. There were things that we kind of expected maybe it was going to turn out another way, but you know what? It just turns out we were wrong. And I'm going to be talking about that tomorrow. Why? why we're going to, uh, Sunday, uh, tomorrow morning, we're going to talk about Uh, why many missed and didn't see that first coming. Some mistakes that they made and why they got some things wrong. But then we're going to look at some people that got it right too in the next service because I think there's a lot we can learn from that. But either way, Matthew is just proving it over and over again. This is according to the Scriptures that it might be fulfilled. Because ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing, the ultimate authority on anything is the Scriptures. An authority over your experience is a scripture some pentecostal comes along and says well i had this experience doesn't matter what does the scripture say i you have a religious experience if you see an angel you know should you go and do something if an angel tells you not if it goes against what the bible says the bible trumps an angel because you know what satan can be transformed into an angel of light. And you know what? Jesus never did anything that was contrary to the scripture ever. Why? Because even Jesus submitted himself to the father. And you know what? God, he's the author of the scripture and he can't go and lie. He can't go and say he's going to do something and not do it. It's impossible for God to do that. It's absolutely impossible. So when Jesus Christ came Him doing things to fulfill the Scripture. That was Him submitting to the Father. That was Him submitting to the Word of God. And let me tell you, folks, and and this is not a blasphemous thing. This is Bible. We're not even going to go to the Scriptures on it. But even Jesus Christ Himself submits Himself to the Word of God. God the Father submits Himself to His own Word. He's not going to go against what He said He's going to do. And so throughout the Scriptures... And especially in the New Testament, we see this phrase over and over again, that it might be fulfilled. These things have to happen because God said that they were going to happen. Now, I want us to look at a couple more of these passages where it said that it might be fulfilled, because here it gets really clear, I believe, as to why this phrase is in the Bible so much, and a personal message, I think, that it has for us, or a personal message we can get every time we read it. Now, look at what it says in Matthew 26 and verse 52. Remember, when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, Jesus, he, he just said, I am he, and they all fell down. Jesus could have stopped the soldiers. Okay, And look what it says here in verse 52. Then said Jesus unto him, talking to Peter, because Peter decided he was going to take a sword at this time. And he said, put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the Scripture be fulfilled? That thus it must be. In the same hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Are ye come out against a thief with swords and staves, for to take Me? I sat daily with you in the temple, and ye laid uh, no hold on Me. But all this was done, that the Scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled now folks right before this jesus went to the garden of gethsemane he's praying he's in great agony sweating as it were great drops of blood saying father if it be possible let this cup pass from me what jesus was about to do taking that cup of sin is not what he desired to do that was not he, he listen i understand he wanted to do god's will more than anything But him personally, the thought of going to the cross, suffering that shame, taking that pain, taking on sin, that was not something that he wanted to do. But you know what he did? He submitted to the Father. You know what he did? He went, did things according to the scriptures. And so when Peter is ready to take a sword to stop these guys from coming after Jesus, Jesus told him, listen, I could call 12 legions of angels right now. I could stop this Peter right now. But I'm not going to. You know why? So it will be fulfilled, what the Scriptures say. Jesus could have stopped the crucifixion. He could have stopped the soldiers. But He didn't. Why? So the Scriptures could be fulfilled. In John 19, look what it says in John 19 in verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. And so notice Jesus, He's there hanging on the cross. He, and listen, He's not just, you know, suffering at the hands of the Romans, helpless. He's still doing a work. He's still carrying sin. And you know what else He's doing? He's still fulfilling Scriptures. And here He is hanging on the cross in great agony. I'm, I know he's, he's ready to give up the ghost. But there's still something left to do. And folks, what He had left to do I mean, it's not that big a deal. I mean, good night. He's suffered enough, hasn't he? He already lived a perfect life. Does he really have to drink the vinegar too? I mean, it's not his fault if the Romans don't bring him the vinegar. That's not his fault. But no, it had to take place. You know why? Because of what the scriptures said. And it says, now there was a, set, a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Jesus didn't quit. Jesus did not give up the ghost until all things were done. He had one thing left. And not even just he had one thing left. No, the Scriptures. The Scriptures had one thing left that needed to be fulfilled. He's got to take the vinegar because it was prophesied. It was spoken in the Scriptures. And the Scriptures all have to be fulfilled. All of them, folks. Not just the big ones. The little ones too. And so he did... He's there crying out, I thirst, knowing that will get the Romans to bring the vinegar to me and then I'm done. And again, you might not think it's a big deal, but let me tell you something. Fulfilling every word of this Bible is a very big deal to a holy God. It's a very big deal to him that everything that he says is going to come to pass. There is no part of the scripture that Jesus could have left undone. And so here's the message I want everyone to get tonight. And really, this is the main message of the first coming of Christ. And you know what it is? It is a reminder of the eternal security of the believer is exactly what it is. It's a reminder of that. It blows my mind that there's many people today who deny the eternal security of the believer. But folks, that is what the Bible is all about. That's what the Christmas story is all about. That's what the first coming of Christ is all about. Because the Bible has to be fulfilled. If God promises something, it has to happen. Even if God doesn't want it to happen, it has to happen. Even like Jesus said, he he didn't want to take that cup, but it had to happen for the scripture to be fulfilled. And so just theoretically, all right, just theoretically, I know this isn't going to happen, but theoretically, if all of a sudden Jesus decided, you know what, Brother Matt, I don't want you to go to heaven anymore you know what? He can't do that. that, that, Because that would go against the scripture. There is nothing in the scripture. The scripture is very clear. You can't lose your salvation. And so every time we see that phrase, that it might be fulfilled, even when it's these tiny little details, that right there is a reminder, God always fulfills all of his words. And that's comforting because we have verses like, Romans 10, 9, where it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13 says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And what do people do all the time? You know, you'll, you'll bring that up. Yeah, but what, what if you do this? You know, what if, what, what if this happens? You know, what if God changes his mind? I mean, God's God's all powerful. God can do anything. No, God can't go against his word. God cannot break his own word. He can't do that. And because of that, you know what? You're going to be saved. Because the scripture what you, how, how do you know you're going to go to heaven, brother Tommy? That it might be fulfilled. That's how that's how come I know I'm going to go to heaven. Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Bible says, Whosoever believeth, I believed. I called on the Lord. I have to go to heaven for the Scripture to be fulfilled. The word of God cannot be broken. John 10:27. my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Once you are given eternal life, you have to make it to heaven. You have to get there. there there's no two ways about it. Otherwise the scripture is broken and. And notice what it says a few verses later. In verse 34, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the Scripture cannot be broken. What's he saying here? He said, hey, what you're saying right here, what you're trying to put on me, the way you're kind of going about this, it actually goes contrary to the Scripture, and that can't happen. The scriptures cannot be broken. The scriptures cannot be wrong. If the Bible says something, it has to be. And again, you can come up with all the reasoning you want. You can come up with all the weird ideas that you want. You can come up with all the crazy theories that you want. But at the end of the day, there is no way God is ever going to let His Word be broken. That right there would compromise His holiness and God is not going to do that. God will never do that for anybody. He never has done it. And so theoretically... Let's just say, and uh, because I think hopefully this will help you too, with people who come up with these these weird hypotheticals, because, you know, everybody's always got some exception they figured out for why you could lose your salvation. But let's just think about this for a minute. Let's just say theoretically that there is a sin that would cause someone to lose their salvation. Okay. Now, again, we don't believe the Bible teaches anything like that. But at the same time, we do see verses of the Bible where it talks like about things like blaspheming the Holy Ghost, how they never have forgiveness. Okay, so, so so people will say, well, you know, what if you're saved and you blaspheme the Holy Ghost? We see things like taking the mark of the beast, you know. And so it's like, well, what if you know, what if you're saved and you take the mark of the beast? You know, people will come up with these hypotheticals like that. You know, you know, what if you become a homosexual or something like that? You know, people come up with these weird hypotheticals and it's real easy for us to just say well you know they're never saved to begin with and i obviously you know think that's legit but let's just say all right let's let's just give it to you that it would physically or theoretically be possible for you to do those things well think about it you know it was possible jesus said it was possible for him to send 12 legions of angels to come and rescue him but you know what he didn't do that you know why because he was submitting to the Scriptures. Jesus didn't do that. You know why? That it might be fulfilled. So let's just say that physically I am capable of doing something that would mean no salvation, like blaspheming the Holy Ghost, taking the mark of the beast. Theoretically. Physically. I mean, you know, if, if the mark of the beast is what we think it is, and it's taking a chip, bowing the knee to the beast, am I physically capable of doing that? Well, physically, I'm, I'm capable of doing that. All I've got to do is just say yes. I'm physically capable of, of bowing on my knee and doing something. But you know what? This, is what? this is what I believe. I believe that before, if it's possible for me to do that, before that would ever happen, I do believe that God would step in and stop it. You know why? Because the Scripture cannot be broken. You know why? That it might be fulfilled. We see Jesus purposefully, actively doing things to make sure the Scriptures are fulfilled. Nobody just naturally thought to bring him vinegar to drink. So you know what he did? He cried out, I thirst. So somebody would bring him that vinegar to drink. What was he doing? He was actively making sure things took place to fulfill the Scriptures. And those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, those of us who believed on Him, I can I guarantee you, He is not going to let us Cause his word to be broken. He's not going to let us stop that from happening. Jesus said, "I give them the eternal life, and they shall never perish." Well, you know, I'm going to go prove him wrong. I'm going to go blaspheme the Holy Ghost, take the mark of beast, and join the homos. You know what? Again, I, I would never even be. I, I don't even think that would ever be a thought in the mind of a saved person. Okay, I, I yeah. I, if somebody decides I'm going to go do all those things, I don't believe they were ever saved. But theoretically, theoretically, I'm saved. And if I decide to do all these things, I personally think God will kill me before he'll let me do that. I'm, I'm convinced that God would step in because he's not going to let me break his word. And he does. We see him in his life purposefully doing things that it might be fulfilled. That was, that was his mission that that he knew there it's very clear he knew the scriptures very well and he's looking at these things and he's going and he's purposely doing these things that it might be fulfilled and one of these days i i I, god is going to take me to heaven you know why that it might be fulfilled if i if i was capable if i am capable of doing something that would ruin that jesus christ will step in you know why that it might be fulfilled i have to go to heaven in order to fulfill the Scriptures. And one of the things that ever, nobody wants to factor in when it comes to the eternal security argument, the main thing people forget that they eliminate from the conversation that they will not talk about, that they will not bring up, is the Holy Ghost. They never bring Him up. I don't think we realize how big a part of our salvation He is. He is what draws us to salvation. He is the one that seals us until the day of of redemption. And while we'll stand around and we'll start talking about all the things that we're capable of doing, we forget that there's somebody that's inside of us, that there's somebody that's with us who's going to make sure we don't go breaking the Scriptures, that we don't go breaking the Word of God. That Holy Spirit is going to be there to make sure this is fulfilled. And I'm telling you right now, I don't believe I have the power to cause the Word of God to be broken. And you know what? I'm thankful for that because that reminds me I'm secure. I am eternally secure in Jesus Christ. I couldn't lose my salvation if I wanted to. And I don't know why I'd ever want to. I don't know why anyone who actually believed would be like, you know, I changed my mind. I want to go to hell. And I don't understand that. But you know what? If I get a hit on the head or something like that, and I do, I'm like, yeah, I want to go to hell now. It's not going to happen. And Jesus said in Matthew five seventeen. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. He cares about the little details. Listen, sometimes when we make promises, we might not completely fulfill those obligations. But you know, often with each other, well, I got close enough. You know, you know, we're, we're satisfied with, well, you know, I kept most of my promise or I kept most of my promises. God's not okay with that. A holy God's not like that. He's like, no, I'm keeping all of my promises. I'm fulfilling all the scriptures. I'm the, and, and in fact, I'm going, and that's one of the reasons we still have a perfect Bible because, you know, what's the point of him fulfilling every jot and tittle if we don't have the jot and tittle to prove it? Listen, if I'm going to do something that amazing, if I'm going to do something that specific, you know what I'm going to make sure everybody has? Proof. I'm going to make sure the proof is there and the proof is available. And so Jesus came to fulfill. And folks, have all things that have been prophesied been fulfilled yet? Not yet. Not yet. He's not done yet. There's still more to do. But all these things that were done at His first coming were done to prove to us that he will do the rest at his second coming. He is cu- he's coming back. And Romans 13:11 says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And so, ladies and gentlemen, because we understand that Jesus Christ is coming back, because we understand that he's not done yet, there's a lot of things that I don't particularly care for that's going on in this world, but I understand that our salvation is nearer than when we believed. The things that were prophesied are getting closer and closer all the time. And just as sure as Jesus came before, and there is no doubt that he came before, as sure as he came before, he's going to come again and he's going to save us and he's going to take us to heaven. And you know, I'm I'm thankful for that. And so every time, I want you every time you are reading your Bible and you see that phrase that it might be fulfilled, let that remind you of how important God's Word is to Himself. And then, re- remember the verses where He said, For whosoever shall on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Every time you see Him doing those things, He is actively working to make sure He does everything according to what was written in the Scriptures. And you know what? We're a part of that. We're included in that. And So, with that, let's pray. Dear Lord... We thank you so much for the scriptures that you've given us, for just the amazing specific prophecies that you fulfilled. And Lord, I pray this time of year, as we look back on your first coming, that we'll also think about your second coming, that we uh, we know is going to happen someday. I pray the Lord that these passages and uh, these things that we remember will be a comfort to everyone, and you'll just help us to just rest in the fact that we are saved. We will be with you one of these days and help uh, help that comfort and that security that we have cause us to cast off the works of darkness and to be more like you. In your name we pray, amen. So-